I sometimes call it metacognition, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. that you can look at yourself objectively and give yourself a feedback where you are, where are you heading? You know, in my mind, I always wish that I could have a coach, you know, if I'm a professional athlete, tell me, okay, right there, you made a mistake. Can you try to correct, correct right there and do it, you know? But in the real life, I have to be my own coach. I have to be the one that who make the judgmental call. But in order to do that, I really, really have to have a deep understanding of who I am, what I like, what I can do, you know? That's what they say. Hard work, work. Hard work. I earn my pay. Hard work, work. Hard work. Do it every day. Well, welcome once again to another work ethic podcast. And I'm sitting here today with Jiyoon Kim, uh, who's an award-winning uh, concert pianist, the host of the Journey Through Classical Piano podcast, and also newly an author of Whenever You're Ready, which is, I've been reading through, it's just such an incredible book. I'm going to just pass it to you now to uh, really introduce yourself, kind of flesh out your own, kind of who you are a little bit for everybody, and then we'll just kind of roll from there. Hi, everyone. I'm concert pianist Yoon Kim. People call me, actually refer me as a gateway drug to classical music. Mm. I guess uh, I accomplished that kind of title by doing everything um, in that bringing the breach between audience and, and performer me um, through the beauty of classical music um, by creating this podcast uh, talking about classical music. And now I have a, yeah, I have a YouTube. I, I'm a mainly pianist, but I was also a teacher. Um, and now I added another um, element in my work, which is author. And my goal for this book was uh, really show a glimpse of behind the scene of concert pianist and demystifying uh, the talent code everybody's talking about to me, like, mm. you're so talented. So I wanted to talk about that. And uh, everything I do behind the scene is not only work, daily work, but a lot of a mind training, self-discipline, uh, how to connect with people, how to take care of your body and mind. So I really wanted to um, show that side of it. And so that when you <laughs> walk to your stage of life, uh, maybe this tool might be helpful. Um, so, and also that goal of this book is, has been um, so that you can be closer to a concert pianist who is me, mm -hmm. so that maybe you're interested in coming to a, a classical concert or listen to classical music. And, and that's my kind of like gateway drug to classical music through my book as well. Man, I love it. And I, I've, so for those listening, I've had the chance to kind of read through most of this book and Honestly, I've been blown away by it. Um, and I, I do want to jump into a good, by the way, the subtitle on the book is how to compose the life of your dreams. And as I read through it, and as I read through it, um, I just couldn't, I couldn't help but think like, yeah, while the context is, you know, kind of the piano and practice and composing and whatever the, 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 the book itself really is kind of like at the, I mean, honestly, I was like, this is so perfect fit for the work ethic where it's just like habits and discipline. And there's so much rich stuff in here about kind of, and so for whatever you're doing, whatever your goals are, I really, I couldn't recommend this book more. I already have so many people I want to, I want to get a copy for. Um, it's, it's, it's so well done. You, it's fantastic. And I really want to dig into it, but before we do, Mm -hmm. Um, I really, 
I'd like to hear me. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Like as far back as you're able to remember, um, think about like the, the word work, um, or the concept of work and how it took on meaning in your own life. Like what's your earliest memory maybe of work, things you've worked at or were doing or were hard or whatever. It's interesting. Um, you asked that because I started uh, my piano when I was four Mm. And I have no recollection of thinking, oh, piano is going to be my work. (laughs) And that was just joy. That was uh, my passion. It's my love. But it's like around 11 or 12, I was very aware I have to make a conscious choice. I actually have to commit to this, uh, not just as love and passion, but actually do, do the work at it exercise my love every day you know if you put it the work you know in the in the perspective I practice for four to five hours every single day since I was four without fail much of the day you know that I'm 41 years old that's about 37 years of non-stop working working right yeah Um, that's right and uh, so for me work is exercising your love and it, they said always fun and, and you know, uh, kind of rosy. No, but I, I know internally what is my passion and I know what's my mission. And I, I always think my work has, has to be combined with uh, play plus meaning. I, am I having fun? Did I help someone in the process? Then isn't that meaning of success? Isn't that wonderful that that I'm doing this work quote, and I actually do contribute to the society and at the same time exercising my my passion. So I always kind of bring back to every time I face the challenges that that can be financial or some other reasons, then I know if I put myself in that track, am I, do I love this? Yes. Am I helping someone through this work? Yes. If that's just so, if I keep going, if I, persevere money follows uh, people understand with time and that is you know a definition of of work for me wow uh so say say a little bit about this the so you're the combining with play and meaning and mm-hmm. i think you flesh the meaning out a little bit and and mm-hmm. even uh, there's so many like terms of phrase there the exercise mm-hmm. of love or whatever uh but the Talk a little bit about play then. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has this, this inner child who, who wants to play. That is called creativity. And I think a lot of people would think that, oh, so-and-so is so creative. I'm not really creative. Or, or as if someone has that ingredients more than the other. But I do believe everybody has the inner child, wants to play. And, and that means that you, you actually make mistake and just follow whatever that could be. And I think that can be exercised. And the more I follow my inner child, that I feel like I'm more connected to myself and I can find the, always I can find the meaning, but I don't worry about it, that the inner child doesn't come with the judgmental side. Mm. And I think that is um, where you can exercise just daily basis. You might wanna find the, the going to work uh, in the different route. 
you know, and if that it's even if it takes a longer, it just it's maybe or you know you find this recipe that you never tried. Just always kind of curiosity in your mind mm -hmm. and follow that curiosity uh, every day, kind of exercise of it. Then small voice, that small voice is actually I call it as a passion or what you are interested in that might actually come alive to inside of you. Then. You, you know how to listen to that voice. For me, when I started the podcast, I was actually of, of, of interviewer, UE of the one podcast. And I was thinking like, you know, I always loved radio when I grew up, like mm. something about the acoustic, like, you know, the voice only it's, it's very like, um, what is it? It's not digital somehow is it's like a black and white kind of uh, photography kind of thing. Mm. So I really enjoyed it and afterwards a small voice came up, uh, came to my mind. What if I made a podcast? And I was kind of laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't even know what is a podcast and what is, what, what is it takes. And then the small voice kept coming back to me. But then, uh, you know, one day I was realizing that small voice is my inner child mm. that wants to play. And then, and that at that point, I I actually committed after like weeks of just hearing that voice, you know, I'm going to make a fun out of it. I'm going to make a playground out of this podcast. I'm going to call it as, hmm, journey through a classical piano. That sounds really good. No, mm -hmm. I need the artwork. I need the artwork for this. And then everything becomes like a play. And, um, you know, now I have a solid fan for the podcast, but the idea was really like, it's a game of a life game. And I think, did I think about, will I succeed? No, <laughs> but I own, did I make mistake? Yes. When, when I laugh about my la mistake, yes. I think it is really, we needed to let ourselves just, just go out there making mistake, laugh, you know, if, the, if something go, doesn't go well as we, you hoped and keep playing. And, and I think also the creativity or those kind of like inner child comes out when you do nothing when you daydream, when you just walk without listening anything, just sit down at the bench in the park, just do nothing and people watching. And then sometimes then you may be able to listen to your inner voice, inner child. Hey, let's, why don't we just try X, Y, and Z? So I think we have to allow ourselves just be blank and, and not actually stimulate by, by any input you know, the iPhone or TV, computer, anything, just do daydream and do, you know, I think people are really way more creative when they have only dirt to play, you know, in thousand years ago, right. something like that. You know, they didn't have a fancy toy, anything. So I think our humans really need the void of mm. space to uh, really listen to yourself. And the goal is actually for you to connect with your own inner soul that has a, already has a meaning and purpose and you know, fun and joy, the, all the life it's asking for. And I think that if you believe that you, you have to cultivate on, on your own, not by taking class or not by someone else telling you, but you paying attention to the inner voice and just, be light about it, you know, have fun. Okay. So I got to say, I, I, I think that, I mean, one, I think that's spot on, like correct. And I have like a real, like that resonates and a real value for kind of like 
the the void of space, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet I want to I want to acknowledge that maybe for a lot of people listening that like there's I, I get the impression there's something really terrifying mm-hmm. about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and you go, yeah, well you it's you connect with your inner soul. And mm-hmm. like and and maybe for someone who's well acquainted with that and and well accustomed to that and and even sees like a child there there's but i i know and even for myself there are times where there are very scary things that emerge as well out of the silence and when you you paused when you said we need the void of space but like just at the void i was like i started um what what i what i thought of was i think it's uh nietzsche that said like if you stare into the void long enough, it begins to stare back into you. <laughs> um, but I wanted you to like speak to that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I think uh, I actually talk uh, d- deeply about that in one chapter in the book about the monster in our heads. Yeah, that monster. Love that title. Uh, the monster, you know, because I am always on spotlight, like and performed like in front of 1000 people, and I cannot please everybody, you know, but I'm out there very vulnerable. And you know, there is actually professional job that called critic that will actually <laughs> criticize my work afterwards. What a job. You know, you know the, the newspaper, they will write it about mm-hmm. how they criticize. So I were very, I'm always has been a spotlight, a vulnerable, having mm. a negative voice from others. But the more importantly, I hear negative voice from myself and which really, interestingly that because i'm a spotlight those negative monsters that actually awaken so much in the those those kind of vulnerable situation during my performance right before my performance or right after my performance so i actually had to deal with this monster all the time mm. and i thought that was you know i had a bigger monster than anyone else of but course. in fact <laughs> everybody has a monster and and i realized you know, more and more I give a concert than like, okay, this monster is not going away. Is that me? Is it someone else? Is what is it? You know, so I actually had to analyze what is this voice is telling me? Is that what is it based on? Is it based on my childhood? Is it based on someone else actually told me in the past? Is this my partner told me? Is this my friends told me or, or parents in the past? I had to analyze this voice and then. Luckily, we do have angels in our in our head. We can create it, that positive voice in our head and actually try to defend this negative voice. I always call it as a five to one ratio. Mm. And when you have like, let's say I have this one voice say, oh my gosh, uh, people gonna not gonna like this concert. Then it, immediately I write it down. I actually write it down the negative voice too. And then I write it down five defense uh, angel, like, like my lawyer angel hmm. will say, you know, you love playing piano. Just express what you do. People gonna love it, you know, uh, and you're gonna have amazing time. This is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? Whatever that is, I combat this negative voice as one to five, one to seven, what well, doesn't matter, but a lot of it like out of ratio because our, if we let it, monster will grow much quicker than the angel. So I use this power of writing because this is the, the power that we can give our thought a clothing. If we don't give a 
thought of clothing, it just leaves very abstract sense in your head. But as soon as you actually write it down, it actually something that you can deal with. So when you hear this fear or some kind of negative voice in you about whatever you do, try to write it down and how silly and ridiculous that is, just objectively look at it and then try to combat this very sentence, sentence with very positive, like, uh, you know, make it, fake it until make it. And just kind of like that, you know, just write it. Even though you don't believe that positive sentence, I would still write it. And I also visualize. I visualize, let's say if I had a negative thought about the, doing a podcast, it's going to be negative. No, in my head, I visualize this podcast, is, people are going to love it. it they, they're going to, they're going to be someone actually kind of moved by it, change their life, some shape or form. I visualize that, you know, it's like my fantasy of visualization. But for my concert, I actually visualize when I wake up, when I'm going to eat the breakfast, you know, how I feel, the best scenario possible up to the point that I go off the stage. So the two things that I do to combat my monster in my head, that is a power of writing, mm -hmm. journaling. And so in, the, in that, I also write it as self-affirmation sentences, daily journaling uh, uh, paired with visualization. And when we have this fear, it is often when we're looking at other people is when we think about other people's view. But I always said, tell myself and I, my students as well, is that when you give a concert or do something or create a project, don't think what others can perceive this particular thing. The arrow is coming from inside out. Yeah. When you think that your beauty or your passion is overflowing cup, and then maybe people might receive the benefit out of it, but you're not really, there's not, error is not uh, pointing towards you. Well, how are people gonna like it? Will they love it? Will they hate it? That's error is coming towards you. But when you think everything you do is from inside out, and you're not really, doesn't matter what their people do, right. think or, or, you know, or say, right. and as long as you think that kind of outward, your expression of your life, expression of who you are, then I think they're, they're a monster will tame. I always say the monster will never go away, but we can tame it. So that, you know, when, when those monsters start to awake and start to acting up, we know how to deal with it. And I think that's really important to prepare for this monster come arise all the time. So then it's not like you're big, become a victim of it, but whether like, huh, there's monster gay. Hey, how are you? So it's, it's been a while. huh? And then you deal with it rather than like, you know, just, just vague abstract things happening in your head. Man, it's so much there. It's so good. So like, it's funny, the, um, the, there, there's an, it's actually, it's amazing to me. Like, honestly, as I read through this, cause I'm like, it's actually a really good psychology book, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, and I wonder, I'm like, do I was like, are you a, like a counselor? So there's so much here. That's just like, this is very good mental hygiene kind of stuff. Right. And, and, and I love the, the monster, even the way you call it. So I, I use the same word. Um, mm -hmm. and because of, I'm very familiar with that monster. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, it's funny. I don't, well, as you say, well, I write it down and you're like, well, it loses like some power. There's like a transformation mm -hmm. when, and what's interesting to that, like, there's like, um, 
you know, in, in certain religious circles, mm. there's ideas of demons that need to be named. Like they, you name oh, the right, thing. Right, right. <laughs> and then in, and then in, um, in like 12 steps and recovery programs, like mm. it begins with an acknowledgement of a problem, but there's like a, uh, there's like a dis and honestly, I think even, I mean, even like if anyone has an experience of like being ill and not knowing what's wrong, it's uh -huh. like, it could be anything. And that's horrifying. <laughs> and, and then if, if the doctor can diagnose it, it may still be bad news, right. but it's specific bad news. Right. Like it's now named or handleable right. or addressable. And then I have like a, it's interesting. I'll just share my own, um, mm -hmm. discipline or habit around this. Um, I, and I, I, I just recognized that I was doing it. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna, I need to do this. But like, mm -hmm. I, I hold a lot of things that I read, um, mm -hmm. dear, like I read something like, and it, and, and it won't even be like a book, although there's a lot of books I really value, but it'll be like a phrase, mm -hmm. a line, like an right. idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I hold them, I hold on to them. And then I realized that the, the way that I, the realization it came to me when I was like, Oh, I recognize that I'm doing this as like a habit with that monster is I manage the monster with mantras. So mm -hmm. like, so here's an example. Like there's a, um, I think his name is Rudyard Kipling. There's this really famous poem. If that I love and memorized when I was young. And I'm so grateful that someone encouraged me to do that. Um, and there's just one line in it. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Now that doesn't mean much, without because the whole poem is if you could do this if you could do this if you could do this and then the end is like um yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more you'll be a man my son that's like mm -hmm. the final line of the poem but because i know the point of the poem i mm -hmm. i found myself like in line let's say at the grocery store mm -hmm. impatiently like thinking about like the irritation of waiting the impatience mm -hmm. or looking at the line that i should have been in over there you know the slow cashier and i realized like oh the way that i dealt with that. And I, I, it's like, I didn't even realize I was doing it as I would start saying, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting. And somehow it took my attention yeah. to this like positive tool. And yeah. I started realizing that that was something that I had been doing for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. But that's and, actually, you're talking about, it's actually almost like in the track of meditation, the mantras, mm -hmm, mantras mm -hmm. you know, and I think that really it's a, you know, in the meditation, there's different kind of practices they do. And then the yep. one is that you say the mantra over and yep. over again. And, and I think the same idea that for me, meditation is so that I want off on stage or off stage in my life i want mental clarity so yeah. then when monster is acting up or whatever the thought comes in mm -hmm. i'm not a victim of that particular emotion but i catch it oh i'm frustrated yeah you know you before yep. i do i so do good. i act, act react about it so then i think the daily again practice of meditation mm -hmm. although i'm not actually guru or any way <laughs> but the everything i wrote in the book is something that you know i i picked up on it and it really works and then i realized you know in the in the grooves actually talked about it in thousand yeah. thousand years and there you know it, this is like just like a, a classical music is about the raw emotion of human like there is a love in thousand years ago there's a love now there's anger in thousand ago there's anger here mm -hmm. there are tendencies as a human are repeated, repeatedly always right. there. And I think the struggles that humans have, whether we have this all uh, technology or not, I think we're dealing with this 
kind of similar kind of issues because of our species as a human. And I think these tools that like meditation or even writing, you know, or visualization, all these things are, I think that it's not like this is a trend, it, but it's actually has been proven that to help. That's and again, right. I, 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 do, I can't tell anybody like, you know, because I meditate, this will help 20% better than what I, you know, I can never numerically mention all of these tools will help in certain kind of specific way. But I know because I do everything possible to make my life a little more positive, I'm sure something was actually have a compound effect mm -hmm. over time that I'm, I'm more calmer, more That's peaceful right. and more happier, more content. Yeah. I mean, it creates like, yeah, you're right. It creates like a virtuous cycle. It, yeah. it kind of builds on itself and you, and it, and they become habitual, right? They become right. things that really are that's your mind kind of goes to those things. And what's interesting is you go, and I realize gurus have been saying this, and, but what's interesting is like, so from a pianist mm -hmm. to a spiritual guru, mm -hmm. to an athlete, like mm -hmm. what that what's really interesting to me is that the people that really shine uh, in all of these different places, there's like this meta lesson right. that it's like, Oh, it turns out you're saying the same thing that you're saying. Right. Sometimes it's a little different, but it's, you know, yeah. and, 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 and it, it, they map together um, right. in so many so, ways, like what it takes to excel at something. Right. I think you actually, you, more and more you read or you meet those people in their, in the top of the field, you realize you be able to probably see the core line of the truth, <laughs> truth of what it might help for, mm. or, you know, to find out how to connect with yourself and how to really live life um, I don't know, more, more healthy way. Right. And so there, I think that my goal was this book was like, I, in my mind is when I first wrote the book, like started to idea, like everybody probably talked about this and it, it is true. They did. But when you listen to, uh, or talk your, some issues with your friend, even though guru is there and talk about this for a thousand years, just because your friend said, you know, I actually had the similar issue, but I tried this, it really worked. And then at that moment, you're like, really? Oh, let me try that, you know? So I wanted to this book to be friendly. It's like having a coffee with me and talk about life. And maybe that kind of like encouraging and warmth and compassionate approach that they may pick up on one or two tools that they might, might work. And actually, it's, a, it's actually more effective because there's no like heaviness in the voice. Are you familiar with Jocko Willink? Mm -mm. No. Okay. Well, so there's a, there's a, um, you'd, you'd like him. Um, but so he's a, he was a, he's a military dude. Like he's mm -hmm. a, just a commando, but he's, oh, what is that? What is a book name? Well, he has, he has several, um, uh -huh. the, um, discipline equals freedom is uh -huh. the, one of the books I'm thinking of. Uh -huh. Um, he has a book called extreme ownership, which is another, another, he's got a handful of books out. Um, uh -huh. he does a lot of like leadership. He's got a, podcast. I think it's just called the Jocko podcast. Uh -huh. Well, what's interesting to me. So, okay. Just, I can paint a picture for you. Like just muscular meathead. Like, I mean, I think he even refers to himself as like a knuckle dragger. <laughs> like he's, he's like a fighter commando, like everything uh, you could imagine. Right. Uh, yeah. in terms of like that, that caricature. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is highly, uh, regimented discipline. Uh, I mean, really, really, really like, like a, caricature of discipline uh -huh, to the point of uh -huh. when it's almost like 
Uh, it almost seems robotic, right? Like it's, uh-huh. it's super, but he's a great guy, such yeah. a good dude, whatever. Okay. So it's funny. I was telling a friend about you the other day as I was reading this and I was like, I'm really excited to talk to her. <laughs> and, and they said, well, like, what's it like? And mm-hmm. uh, this friend knows Jock, not knows personally, but uh-huh. like read Jocko's uh-huh. work. Uh-huh. And I said, well, a Matt, you know, like Jocko, right? Uh-huh. I was like, so it's like Jocko, uh-huh. but like feminine and kind <laughs> and friendly and sweet. Uh-huh. And like, it's not like Jocko at all, <laughs> and yet, but, but like at the core level of right. the, of the like discipline, I mean, even I could even just say to like, why don't you react to the title of that book? Discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, does that sound about right? That yes, sounds yes, that sounds I think I on point. Find, on I think point. I point. that in here, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> on point, on point, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was just so blown away by it. So, okay, I have another question. You said something mm-hmm. earlier about when you started your podcast and you were like, I forget exactly how you said it, but like, I didn't think like, will I succeed or something mm-hmm. like that? And mm-hmm. I and, and it what stood out to me about that, sentence um is i just wanted to because i try to ask everybody this actually that i talk to Hmm. how would you define success (laughs) yeah that's actually a really good question i thought about this success for my whole life because i am in in this piano field as much as much as it's beautiful and all there's severe competition i always has been competition since i play piano there's always someone who's play faster mistake free it's like athletes in some ways mm-hmm. although the music can't be judged in some in that way numerically but there's a competitions and you know all, all this this society creates this numerical uh, standards and that was my struggle always that you know if you get in this competition then you are better than the other or if you get in this school or you get a job or if you get an offer to play this concert, is that means that you are because you are better than this other person? How can you judge someone moved by your performance? Mm. And, and then they really affect them, their life positively afterwards in some ways that you can never know, the butterfly mm. effect. And how can you define that? You know, so I actually have to really deal with like, because we are living in, in, in the society, I cannot escape from uh, how many followers do you have? How many concerts do you have a year? Um, what kind of, you know, everything, even for podcasts, how many listeners do you have? Mm-hmm. So those are things that are always like from outside of view of what That's I right. do. And I, I have to find for me, what is a success? You know, so for for me, you know, it's interesting. There is one concert that I gave. It was in Chicago. There was like, you know, there's really modest place there. There's monks, actually. There's like a 10, 10 and 20 different monks. And piano was not fancy, Steinway, you know, uh, concert brand. But it was like upright little piano. And I, in my mind, like, oh, no, this is going to be <laughs> But then when I came there, you know, I, 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 but I did like the humble environment mm. and I gave a concert. There was one of the most memorable concert I ever gave just the way it felt like I just went back to 300 years ago and where there's monks and there's a peace, there's a joy, there's a connection. Afterwards, the next concert, which was much bigger and bigger venue, the presenter's like, what is this? Is this some monastery? Like, yeah, I played there last week. And like, let's not mention this. 
in our bio because it doesn't really prove you anything, you know? And in my mind, <laughs> oh, wow. And I understood where he's coming from. But in my mind, will I play certain concert hall? Will I change that? Am I successful? You know, the success, if I put success to other people's view, or if I create a success in, in a numeric way, how many, how much, when, you know, all of those things, then that's never ends. Always I will be a slave of that because if I have play there, then I want to play more people or all this like more and more and more. So then I really found my inner peace by, you know, I want my daily life to be success. My daily life, a daily day, if I die tomorrow, I want my today to be most successful day. What is that going to be? Is that going to be today I have to play in this most gorgeous concert hall? No, I want to play piano. I want to be, uh, you know, talking to my friend. I want to have that peaceful, you know, and I want to, First, I want to be able to connect in that day. I want to express what I do through music, which I already know that's my passion. Um, and I want to do something meaningful for me and in the process I help others. And I want to create this, my inner peace so that it's not shaken by other external forces, whether that's judgmental voice from others or the expectation or the, whatever that is. So then at the end of the day, I'm smiling like that was a beautiful day. That was that was a successful day for me. And in that day, it's a full, it's in, in is it consists of me walking or somehow some kind of working out or some kind of movement. Mm -hmm. You know, so then I know what makes me as a whole person. And I want to continue doing that every single day. And you know, who can judge that to me? Are you successful? I can confidently say I am very successful. Yeah. I tell you what, I am very successful because my daily day is the way I want to design my life. And mm -hmm. that's, that's something that I, it's not about really like do anything, but it's more about the status of my, my mind is it's, it's a peaceful. And in order to get there, I have to do a lot of work around it to get there. So uh, if I'm doing today well, then may means I'm doing my life well. Man, that's so beautiful. <laughs> you um, so several times you've talked you've talked a lot about like the external other mm -hmm. people that makes perfect sense, especially in like your world where it's like the, the observer, you know, and like <laughs> that that battle that takes <laughs> place. Which I believe doing that, putting yourself in vulnerability from four, six, 11 has, I, I would say there's a real, it's really obvious what that is shaped in you. And I think yeah. you've done a really good job of communicating it in your book. There's a story you told that comes to mind when you keep talking about like the vantage point of other people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a story you told about playing. Um, maybe it was in school. You're behind a curtain. Mm -hmm. um, would you mind sharing that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, people would think because I am performing and I'm professional pianist that I always was like prodigy. <laughs> I wish. I, I don't think, you know, I mean, luckily my parents were like, they pay attention to me, but they did. They actually at the same time, they didn't. It's in some ways like 
that's your that's your life if you want to keep doing whatever you want to with support your what you love that whether that is whatever that is you know so it was always on me and I was I went to art high school which is very severe like Juilliard or the most competitive school in America in undergrad program but now this is the art high school high school and that my mind is not developed yet so there's a competition is it feels even more severe and we play like same pieces all at the same time and you can directly say oh I played that 30 minutes but she played two minutes and 50 seconds that means she plays faster you know all this ridiculous <laughs> kind of thing and um so it, it, the, in art high school, there's always piano exams. So after exam, I mean, it's funny that look, think about it, but afterwards they put the ranking of where you are on the wall on the next, the next week or so. And it, there's no hiding point. You, everybody knows where you stand, you know, one, one from hundred kind of thing, you know? Wow. So, but in this exam is always like open. Like you can see the judge with other you know, like piano teachers or something and you play. And um, I just changed my teacher at the time. And you know, I remember the day I'm, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm gonna become. I don't know, am I gonna be pianist or not? But I know I love piano. What if, what if I do like, absolute best if i did like i don't know like i'm gonna really try my hardest of hardest honest hardest work and let's see what happens so for this particular exam i remember i was just every day even when i eat breakfast i was thinking like how can i create this music even differently how you know all i think about music basically for that or six months period that particular exam, I, I wasn't always top three. There's always top three that we can see like, oh yeah, so-and-so, oh yeah, so-and-so. I wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like top three. No, I, it wasn't me. And so it was like very familiar names, you know, three, mm -hmm. one, one, and like we know that so-and-so is always good. Like, oh yeah, yeah. And that particular exam, it was open curtain. I mean, the closed cut curtain for that. But they somehow thought, what if we experiment with the closed curtain? So they don't know who is. They playing. don't know who's playing. Yeah, yeah. They're basically interesting. Just, they just just judging it by, by by hearing it. Somehow that kind of it was interesting. Everybody was curious about how it's gonna different, you know. Yeah. So all of a sudden, those judges did, did not see who's playing. <laughs> and in my mind, I only think about this music for six months. I, I was playing and sleeping and playing, eating, but it's playing in this music, you know? So when I went, walked to this stage, I felt like um, to this exam, piano exam, and, and I feel like there's nothing more I could done differently because that was absolute my best. So when I walked, even before play the first note, I felt so free. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there's no judgment. There's no worry about mistake. You know, I did my absolute best, what, yeah. whatever that is. So I sat down and I was somehow, I was like out of body experience. I'm playing, but I, I am not the one playing. There was a sense of joy, sense of freedom that I felt like, wow. And then I could tell there's someone behind the curtain. There's another human is there, but their existence made this music make even more special. It was something like, like we are meeting in the fourth dimension. Um, and when I finished it, 
I was like, I was smiling. I, I didn't think I would be any top three or anything. I, I just felt, this is great. This is what I want, you know? Mm -hmm. And I walked and then there's a next student is walking in for another exam. Like, oh, good luck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you guys were and, in a different headspace. <laughs> yeah, good luck, you know? And then, um, and then a week later, I was, we, we all have this cleaning time. Like we all mopping the floor, you know, and in the high school, <clears throat> and then my friend was running towards me. And do you, did you look at the bulletin board? And like, why? And then she said, you are in the top three. Mm. And I was like, really? Mm. And in my mind, wow. wow. It, that connection of hard work combined with that sense of freedom mm. combined with connection i felt with that invisible person in behind the curtain that's a feeling that i want to somehow always have somehow in my life but that somehow like elect electricity was ding and connected yeah. and i'm so grateful for that particular ex uh, their, um, experience that i had because now I, I long for that experience every time I give a concert, but I know unless I give absolute best, that freedom will not come. I can't, it's harder for me to let go. And, and there's some, some idea of letting go combined with, with the give everything I have. And, you know, as if again, this is like, I would be fine dying in that day just because I know I did my best as if this is my last performance. I did that kind of intensity. So uh, I, I long for that freedom. And I know I can only create that. Man, it's, I, the story stuck with me. And actually, as you were talking, I, I found it. And it's, I, it's in the chapter called Winner's Mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, you retelling it as I'm looking, I'm like, wow, do you have this book memorized? Obviously, the book came out of your ability to tell these stories. Um, and yeah, a freedom that only comes after giving everything I have up to that point. Mm -hmm. um, on, I've, so I've highlighted a couple things and it, and it's what I've noticed. I was like, Oh, they're right. They're right in this section too. Like there's mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff, but like right at the, I, this line really stood out to me. Um, I have to say I'm addicted to it. The intensity of working hard and feeling free. <laughs> um, it just, I just love that, that line. But then on mm -hmm. the next page um, and I think you just said this, like pushing yourself to the, <gasps> That point, like, and there's this line on the next page that says, I believe something significant inside us changes when we try to reach beyond the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the image of like the ecstatic mm -hmm. reaching beyond um, is a powerful one. In fact, one that to me, it's like, if you, if someone were to ask me, what does the word faith mean? Um, a lot of people go, oh, it's like a, a belief or like, it's like a, a, a weird kind of knowledge or something. And I'm like, I actually don't think that's true. I mean, we interchange them in language a lot, but I go, I actually think it is the mind, the emotion, the body reaching beyond what it's capable of. That's <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, that's the exercise of faith. Now you, you're not using that word. I'm trying to apply it, but it triggered that in me because I'm like, no, that's actually how I define that word. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious about that reaching mm -hmm. beyond and, oh. and, and we'll go ahead if you want to respond to that. Cause I have yeah. a, another question on the heels of that, but go for I it. I think it, I think it is my life. 
I'm not sure. I want to ask every single people actually about that too, because I feel like I always felt moving forward when I felt like I'm hitting the dead end here, you know, uh, at that point, I do have a choice. I have a choice that just turn around because which feels easier actually than move forward. And because it, it's kind of like, it doesn't sound like I could do it or it sounds like a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, and also feels like there's yeah, a lot of waste of time and energy already assuming it's not gonna work. But that's a point that I have to make, make conscious choice to be completely vulnerable for failure. And, and that that's a point that that's a limit that I can see that it's a kind of like my my absolute limit mm. and and believe that the failure will be just fine value will teach me something through this right. so I try to push it as harder hardest as possible by making extra effort more of the mind like mind wise I really feel like I'm an athlete and just like my creating my world record time that doesn't really happen that means that I'm aiming for that aiming beyond myself and I always felt like I am me yesterday is me my competition how can I be better about me yesterday I can always settle back now you know I've done something good work you know, good, life is good. But then I still have to have go beyond myself, which is the hardest. You know, if we compare to someone else, it's easier. It's easier to compare with others because they're, they're you know, but harder for me is compare with my own, my own limit. And whenever I, I think about that and push it, then what comes afterwards always opens door that I never thought it would open for me so then like my life was like oh, wow I didn't think that was possible but then whoa you know when I even did my doctorate degree I had no idea I would get in anywhere you know but my job was practicing working hard and apply and Will I think about failure? Yes, but I still, you know, applied the pl places that I thought I could get in, plus all of this. So I always try to think that there's a part that I should be doing, and there's a something that life force will carry me if I do my work. And they've combined this to get that's that's a faith, you know? Yeah. That, that's it. That, that, that I feel like if I do absolute, absolute best of effort, then somehow life unlocks something for me. Yep. And then I can see then, mm. wow, that opportunity I never saw before. And then I move forward to another direction and another direction and move, life is just full of adventures. But then in adventure, I have to create so much courage and vulnerable knowing that this may not work, but know that this is my absolute best still, then, then there's no regret. If the failure feels sweet because ah, I tried, <laughs> that, that didn't work, but I learned something from that. And so I become like stronger version of me and, and I keep reaching beyond me and playing piano, it's, there's no end. So in my mind, I'm in the pro profession that 95 years old cellist will say, you know, I'm, I'm practicing this morning because I feel like I'm making progress. 
Yeah. We're in, I'm in that kind of world. So that maybe mindset is always like more familiar to me than other field. But in, at the same time, I have to think that when I apply now or versus when I apply Semini, I hope that my version of that particular piece when I'm 70 will be so much better because the, the way I pushed my life, the things that I learned from failure, and I don't want to ever have to go back. So if you look into some of the research on what's been called like flow state, mm -hmm. there's a, um, one of the triggers mm -hmm. of flow state is mm -hmm. actually something that is just okay. beyond your capacity, right? right? Because there's kind of like a threat that they, they if you graph it, there's like mm -hmm. a, they say there's like a line between mm -hmm. boredom and anxiety, uh -huh. right? So if it's like, if you play like the first song you ever learned and you're like, yeah, it's boring. Like I, you know, this is easy to do whatever. Whereas mm -hmm. like the, the anxiety pieces, maybe, I don't know, probably applies in this case as well, but like, I know you surf. Right. And so mm -hmm. surfing is the illustrate. Cause I've, I used to surf a little bit and I wasn't mm -hmm. very good, but like in I'm in Florida. Right. And so in Florida on there, the West coast, there's nothing on the East coast. There's like little, little waves. Mm -hmm. And I did that a lot. And I, I really liked it, got good at it, whatever. And then I traveled, um, and I was in Costa Rica and I, I was like, Hey, I want to go surfing here. And so we went to this place that like tourists go and mm -hmm. it was even, I was like, this is Florida's better than this. This is sad little stupid waves. Like you always need a longboard to ride these little two foot waves. And, and I was complaining and mm -hmm. I, I went to some locals and I said, Hey, where, where's like real surfing. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And they gave me a spot. And so I got in a taxi and I went to this, what was effectively a surfing village. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting out at the road. I couldn't see the ocean, but I could hear it just, just exploding. <laughs> I didn't even go out there. I went to this shop and I rented a board uh -huh. and I went out and there's this black sand volcano beach or whatever. And I've never uh, been somewhere. I've never seen waves like this. And I, it took me all day. To paddle, to paddle out just to get out right like I spent uh, like that was pushing myself beyond what I'm comfortable right, right. With. and when I got out there I was like oh my like I, something changed in me I pushed through but then I tried to drop in on one. Oh, and and I realized like there is a sweet spot and this is far beyond the sweet spot I I I I was rolled and slammed so much that I was like it's over it's a wrap and I just kind of came to like washing on shore basically like i just and by the way i'm an idiot like i had no business trying to do that right but like i i bring that up because to me that's the perfect memory in my mind to go you need to reach beyond what you're capable of and also there's there is a there is a intelligent place to do yeah. that and so yeah. i wanted to ask you about that balance but then also uh -huh. your own Cause honestly reading your work and like your, your, the way you treat your day-to-day -day life, even as you say it here is like, I, I hear something like a perpetual flow state yeah. and like, I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about your experience with flow uh -huh. um, and that, that kind of zone or in the pocket mm -hmm. or where there's all these ways people refer to that, but, but yeah. talk to us yeah. about that a little bit. I, I do feel like <laughs> daily day, every day feel like it's a flow state. Like, 
I absolutely love waking up and do my yoga or enough. I absolutely love teaching, you know, my student practicing and, and then like, and I'm actually loving this time talking with you. And I think it is wow. all about one thing at a time and know how to focus. That comes with the one thing for sure that when I talking to you I'm only thinking talking to you yeah. I'm not thinking oh what I have to do later or anything like that I'm my mind and body everything right now is present time when I when I surf I'm right there you know that's one thing just one thing at a time the bullseye eye you know like that kind of focus on one thing that's something can develop and I think that's that's kind of default you know, all the flow state. But I think what is really important, I emphasize over and over again in my book is that you develop your own inner teacher. I sometimes call it metacognition, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. that you can look at yourself objectively and give yourself a feedback where you are, where you're heading. You know, in my mind, I always wish that I could have a coach, you know, if I'm a professional athlete, tell me, okay, right there, you made a mistake. Can you try to correct, correct right there and do it, you know, but in the real life, I have to be my own coach. I have to be the one that who make the judgmental call. But in order to do that, I really, really have to have a deep understanding of who I am what I like, what I can do, you know, it's, it's not like someone else can tell you like, oh, that, that's easy. No, that's them telling me that's easy for me. It might not be easy, <laughs> right, you know, right. so, but it's, it's kind of like a give yourself, be able to give a objective feedback, very like, it's not judgmental attached either. Again, it's just like, oh, I know I can do that. Like there's some piece, piece of music that I wouldn't do it just because I know that's too big for my hands, even though it's most one of the most beautiful piece of music and I wouldn't do it because I know that's like, no, why, why bother? That's, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I wouldn't just jump into this piece because I'm gonna like prove myself. I can, no, I wouldn't be stupid about it. Mm -hmm. But that's over time, really understanding who I am, what am I capable? And I also understanding where I am now. Am I actually, procrastinating here or do I need to actually rest you know there's a fine point that am I pushing it pushing it pushing it pushing it? you can do it, you can do it you can do it or actually I'm being stupid you know so then there is really always the balance of life it's art of itself whether that's a work and rest balance whether that's a level of difficulties so I in whatever I do I seek for expert has been always seeking expert so that you know uh, when I doing my piano right now I don't have teacher um, because I've been doing 37 years but it's a time for me to just develop my own teacher mm -hmm. but I had a teacher for for longest time until like my late 20s that's all that's a, almost 25 years of uh, someone professional telling me like no Jiyun, just to turn this way turn that way you know so without again judgmental voice but just give honest feedback when i started surf first thing i did was finding female professional surf coach that's people said, you know, surfing is just for fun. You just learn by going out, having fun. <laughs> people will tell you here and there, you're giving you tips and that like, no, I want someone to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And also giving me, actually watch me from 
because now I can't really know. I don't have that metacognition feedback myself because I don't know what's surfing either, you know, but I needed to coach someone to tell me. So then eventually, probably I would be able to catch what is surfing is about in a year or two, but that's way too slow for me. I don't want to waste my time, you know? So again, every field, like, so my students, the piano students come along and there are some, you know, pianists out there, amateur, whoever, just do it for fun. That's totally fine. But when you have professional coach or teacher or mentor or someone in the field, if I were talking, when I started the podcast, I actually talked to someone who already done podcasting world. It, they just, they say something like random stuff. But then for me, it was like, oh my gosh, what's, what's it? What did you say? What kind of interface? What, mm-hmm. you know, like just the little things. They don't even think about what they're t- thinking about t- yeah. telling me, but they're throwing the wisdom out there like that I, I don't have any perspective with. So I think it's really important we develop our own inner teacher, but we can develop inner teacher without really learning about it. Humble learning attitude, you know, learner's mindset. And learner's mindset is even if you're an expert, even if I'm an expert of in classical music, I still like someone says like, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more about it. I want to learn that combined with knowing what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And then I know I want to push this one a little bit further. This, I think I should push it. Or sometimes I feel like, Chiyun, just, just take easy. That's fine. You know, so that like gentle coach that can give you or change your, their head whenever you need it. That versatile uh, self-coach, that inner self that you developed is one of the strongest tools that you can have. So then when you're going to about daily day, again, <laughs> that just not monster, that's not monster or dictator general tell you, go out and work out, do this. Then it's more like, oh, how can I make today great? What could I do make it great? Again, the game out of it, curiosity of how today's going to play out what you like to do, you know, just like, just be, have to be gentle first, I think, but that the inner voice guiding you and let, let that guide you. And, you know, I think that is really the key of being flow. And one of my students once told me like, you know, you always seems like having so much fun in your life. Mm. Why, why is that? Like, uh, you know, is it being a piano teacher? Is it really fun? Like, <laughs> I thought, I don't know, like, it doesn't matter what you do. I think, you know, it's, it happened to be my passion. Mm -hmm. It happened to be, but I created my own um, version of what is good for me. You know, I could have easily worked at the professor in university, but I, I know I would hate that because I know I would not like teaching students who's not passionate about learning. Mm. that I have to ended up teaching piano one-on-one for every undergrad students every year that would just not has to be there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right and a lot of meetings so I ditched that idea <laughs> you know it, my my mom's dream would have been me becoming a professor at a reputable university you know that would be a su- meaning of success to her but to me that would not give me a flow state because I'm not in control. I have a lot of another soldier into this play. I could make it into, if I know myself, 
I would love to work in a university. That's has been my dream. Then I could have a flow state in being a yeah. university professor. But for me, I know what I would like and what would so that I create my own version of my mm-hmm. perfect Jiyun world as a being CEO of Jiyun's world. And so, I so. create, you know, because I create my day, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's flow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I, uh, I, this has become a bit of a canned response. You know, people are like, Hey, how are you? And you, you know, I'm good, whatever. And I, this is a little related to like the, you talking about doing, as you were talking about doing your best, I, I actually, so that's what I, that's my answer. Um, I'm doing my best. Uh, and, and it, and it, what's funny is most people reply to that. Well, that's all you can do. (laughs) And and I think that that's not what I, that's not how I meant it. I mean, I'm like really trying to do my best here. And then what's interesting is what sometimes saying that, which is now just a canned response for me, Mm -hmm. sometimes saying it reminds me because my Mm -hmm. something, the whether it's the angel or the monster, I don't know, but it goes, are you? Oh, that's right. Are you doing your best? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Like, but, but it's been a really helpful, like, it's like a mantra, right? But it, mm-hmm. it's triggered by that question just because I'm like, oh, nobody, you don't, you know, people just want to move on. They say, oh, I'm good. Okay, good to see you, whatever. And so I'm like, but I wanted something genuine to respond with mm-hmm. and that's that's become uh kind of part of that for me is is um but you're right like we we with whatever it is that right. we pull ourselves into it's like to give it or or to choose something that we can throw ourselves into right like, yeah oh, yeah i think that that you know when you said are you doing your best that's something that i struggled more in the past that you could practice one more hour, but are you? <laughs> but I noticed right. myself like I should, I should, but but I don't want to do right now. In mm. in finding out my my own battle within, and and then create this again gentle self, and telling me also to telling myself that you're you're doing great. This is this is like a marathon of life marathon, you know? And if I think this one is like, you know, I love that. Even I said in the book, like I do love the ratio of that, you know, Christianity ratio of a six days and one, you know, seven, you know, seven day Sabbath or 85% you push 15% complete, you Mm. know, a turn off. So then when you, when I push 85%, one day of the week or you know 15% i just like i'm just do nothing i'm just like i'm unplug it yeah. that that means i don't do it you know and or sometimes i need a more more ratio of rest that's fine but i think when i fully rest that in during that rest i know what my rest is that rest may not mean just watching you know shows on the netflix for binge watching it could be sometimes but most of times that's really doing nothing or just hang out with friends or something that it's i can focusing on that rest completely not multitasking and and when i do that i miss go back to that train and just work at it again 
But if I don't do it, if I don't unplug myself, then it's easy for me to um, drain and burn out, which is also another danger of, you know, this journey of life. Yeah. So this is, it's a couple things in there. So one is like, you're like, well, when I, I practice this long and it's like, you could do another hour or whatever, that kind of decision or battle that goes on. Um, I just, cause I like the way it sounds. I've, I, I, it turns out I have a lot of these where it's like, I would say like, don't shit on yourself, but like, um, <laughs> but, but like, I, I'm like, look, like that there's something going on. Like you should be better at this. You should is, you should do that or whatever. And it's like, there's something about that thing that's going on that I'm like, I, I actually like, I should do what I set out to do. Right. I sh- like, I, I want to, like you, like you said, I get up in the morning, I visualize the plan mm-hmm. and I kind of execute those things that I've decided to do. Um, I want to follow through on those decisions, but when it's like somewhere out of nowhere, like you, you should do this, you should do that. And like, <laughs> because it, it tries to draw us into, I don't know, guilt or shame or something like uh-huh. that, that, uh-huh. And yet, but it's interesting how you brought that up with like the work and rest. Cause that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, because you said, sometimes I wonder like, like that's a tough decision sometimes when you're like, I want to give this everything I have and I'm tired. Um, and the idea of like, cause sometimes it might be procrastination and sometimes I might really need to rest. And like, sometimes that's not crystal clear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to this is this stood out to me from that uh, Jocko book that I was telling you about. So the the discipline equals freedom. That's like a what he calls like a field manual. So it's less like a reads like a book and it's like point like a, it, it's very like brief and just has these like points. But on and this now this was on physical training. So this was on a section on the book on like he's he he lifts weights like crazy and works uh-huh. out really hard. Um, and so he's like, you know, sometimes your body just, it's like, you, you really need to rest. Mm, and he's right. like, but, but I, he's so, so he is a little closer to the commander dictator <laughs> voice, right? Like that you, you were, he, he really is. I, 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 I'd love to hear your thoughts on him. If you can look him up or even, um, you can listen to him, read through some of these, his voice is also monstrous. Um, <laughs> But he said, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I'm like, cause he, he gets up like super early and then he goes straight to working out or whatever. And he's like, when I'm like, I really just want to go to, I, I just want to stay in bed or I don't want to get up the deal that he made with himself. Mm-hmm. Like when it wasn't the planned rest, he's like, mm-hmm. so you've like the six, the six days, one day mm-hmm. off is like Sabbath is a set day, right? It's a set <laughs> period of time. So it's not a decision made on the fly out of your uh-huh. emotions. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's scheduled and it's coming. Yeah. But he's like, when my body is like, Hey, no, like today we need to like, so he's like, this is the deal I made with myself. And I'd be curious what you think about this. And then I want to hear you talk a little bit about the work and rest stuff. Mm-hmm. So the deal he made is I'll do it tomorrow. So he's like, you need a day off mm-hmm. sooner. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll take tomorrow off. Oh, he, I see. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, you can have it tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you don't get out of it because of how you feel right now. So you do yeah. it one more time and tomorrow <laughs> you'll take off if you still feel that way. Mm. Uh, and, and like, I thought that was an interesting yeah. trick. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think there is one thing that is James clear about the habit um, that he was also talking about giving a reward rewards uh, afterwards. So mm-hmm. if you do this work 
after that you can watch this show or mm -hmm. after doing this then you will you know so that, that was really interesting psychology and i i like that i i sometimes use it but i think what i really want to point it out that even that uh jaco guy is talking mm -hmm. about really is the uh the the habit forming you know yeah. and so then if i actually have to think about when i'm gonna practice piano forget it i don't think i can accomplish anything I yeah, just know right, that right. after breakfast, I will practice. And that's mm -hmm. no question. And regardless how I feel, I sit down. And I think a lot of times doing the work consistently, it's much easier than doing the work sporadically. Mm -hmm. So a lot of will, people will say that, that you have to create a system in your daily day that you just kind of glide through it to the point that you don't even think about what you're doing you just have somehow just you know one thing to the other i think there's a point that you may not have enough sleep so if you're not sleeping enough for seven to eight hours seven to nine window that means you actually body needs to sleep i'm a, like I, I i need to sleep i know that so um i tried not to push as much as possible in the morning if i could like so that oh my body but i i hate alarm so <laughs> when i wake up and i feel like this is a 6 30 and i somehow i wake up like very cleanly at seven that's the time i wake up you know so i don't really give that kind of push in the morning because okay. i know that my body needed that sleep but I know what I would do first thing in the morning though. I make that decision right before I go to bed. When I wake up tomorrow, when I first, my eyes just ping, open, then I would, I will actually directly stretch for 10 minutes or I make that decision before I go to sleep. And I think, so then I don't think about it. I, I, that's, that's already planned. So they, that versus that I wake up and then like, okay, what, what is happening today? You know, all of, all of whatever the thing's happening. It's like going that, to the grocery store hungry without a list, right? right? It's coming right. with Cheetos. <laughs> right. But if I make a decision of first thing, what I'm going to do, then if I'm doing already that particular work, that that day starts, you know, already gets started, you know? So I think that's really important for me to, mm. and, and that then the work and rest balance kind of thing is that, you know, we, we do, we have to know what, again, the defined rest for yourself that, you know, could really mean that, you know, we need to step away from your working environment. You just go outside or doing completely different, but that you, that yourself, give yourself a complete unplug. What could that be? What could that be? And really knowing that again, knowing, understanding yourself is the, the tool that you can have what kind of things that you enjoy outside of work? What kind of things that gives you that feeling of rest? You know, you have to have all the tools that you know and do those things, you know? And when you are, feel like when my students show up and not playing well, I ask, what did you eat last week? Mm -hmm. what, how long did you sleep? Did you work out? All the baseline questions, move, eat sleep that's <laughs> if if anything is actually there nothing work something crack in that then inevitably it's yep. gonna have a, some effect in your work which inevitably you feel cranky inevitably you feel like uh, something is off so then i like religiously try to keep this balance of whatever moving what workout whatever i do 
and an eating habit or to you know as much as possible again there's some like generals and, and gentle self has to play out about our eating habit but also sleeping so that then once that is in the right place then I can really playing around of working versus rest I'm not going to interfere my this whole working and rest if I have to interfere with my these three major ingredients mm -hmm. of life so that I always think myself like, oh, I'm not doing well. And turn out that I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, duh. You know, then I, 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 I give myself like, oh, I know why I feel this way. I need to sleep better tomorrow, tonight. Or, you know, something like I know, like there's just MRI, I can run it to myself, like yeah. <laughs> myself, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so I think that's that's really, really important for, for everybody. I'm I'm. So when you were talking about the habit formation and the, the suggestion of the, the reward mm -hmm. um, after, and honestly, like sometimes the reward is I did it right. Like, it's just like, for me, I'm like, man, I, there, I, I did it. I did that thing. Um, and yet, and, and, you know, or it could be whatever, some, some supplementary type reward, but the idea of um, work and rest, one of the things that's always been really, that's an, it's an interesting idea to me. Um, something I think a lot about and like maybe a little differently than other people, it might be semantics, but, um, people talk about like work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you're using work rest, which mm -hmm. makes a little, I like this better because when you talk about work life, I hate that it separates right. my life from my work. I'm not a fan of that. I, and so I, I tend to use like integration, the idea mm -hmm. of integration, like, and, but like when, when I think if I ask myself genuinely, like there's a lot of restful things you can mm -hmm. do things that are, mm -hmm. but if I genuinely ask myself, what is the best rest? Mm -hmm. And I go, the best rest emerges. Like it grows uh, uh -huh. out of hard work. Like mm -hmm. right. when, when I, and I used to be a tile installer, um, I, like, like mm -hmm. floor tile. Mm -hmm. And, and I love that kind of work. Well, I, I like like physical, like I, I love doing construction and often that's stuff I do on the weekends to rest. Like I've been laying pavers over the last few weekends and I like doing that kind of thing, but I would love to like stand back and look at the work that I did. Like I finished it and then see it. Right. Oh, yeah. And, but like, there's nothing to me, there's nothing mm -hmm. like the rest mm -hmm. that follows. Like it, the rest yeah. is like a reward. And mm -hmm. I've often wondered how that comes out of hard and meaningful work mm -hmm. and how, when you think about, you know, you said, well, sometimes you choose the easy path or something. And I think about like, you know, I do see others. It's not a, not as a judgment, but it's just an observation. It seems like there might be a connection between let's say work without meaning mm -hmm. and, and, and not hard work. So like mm -hmm. lackadaisical work that isn't done, that isn't meaningful and restlessness, right? Like, 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 like existential restlessness. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and for me, I'm like, man, there's something, there's some way in which there's the, like, there's this real natural rhythm because that rest sharpens you right. for the work. And there's like, yeah. it's, it's almost part of the work. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I, I, I really do like that. I think, you know, everybody could give uh, your work a meaning a meaning that is meaningful to you, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that I recommend everybody has a mission statement, whatever you yep. do, even if you're, I don't know, like, 
I don't know, security guy guy to yeah. to a building, then you're amazing, important role in the security in the building, you know? And then like, I am person who protect this building and I do my best to serve these people, you yep. know, whatever that That's is right. that I think then you really like do your work and afterwards like, oh, I did my work, good job, good job. And then go, go to, go to, go, you, you know, whatever you do afterwards and kind of, it was so sweet, you know, that for me, the sweetest rest, as you said, is also when I pushed through some project that was like, this is so difficult and so difficult, so difficult. And then when it's actually finished in the next day, I feel like I'm in the, like a free bird, like, you know, doesn't matter what I do. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is so sweet, you know? But if I didn't push through that project and did my hard work, that day probably would be same, same all, same all. I wouldn't have that freedom and the joy that comes afterwards, you know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be work-related either. I think it can be your hobby, you're yeah. building something. And then again, that's what I'm talking about, that there's an inner child, they want to come out and play that doesn't have to be work-related and that you really love. It can be your hobby and you just learn how to ballroom dancing or whatever, you know? And then like you really learn some steps and, and then you know you be able to, to finish that steps and you know like something that you know that you put yourself into and you love it and you know you know it's interesting as you throw those words around like it doesn't have to be work-related play mm-hmm. learning hobby the reality that I'm the thing that stands out to me is that they all kind of come together mm-hmm. in in when when properly aligned, right? Like, were you referring to like, well, work was like playful. It was something that mm-hmm. I love to do. It was the thing that I enjoyed that I'm learning, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, and you're right. Like, but even a hobby, like if I want to learn ballroom dancing, it's like, well, that's going to take work. Or when you said, man, I went to go surfing and they're like, surfing's fun. And you're like, yeah, I got a teacher <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta figure this out because you approach it like, mm-hmm. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to mm-hmm. push myself. Right. And it isn't work like vocation, like as uh-huh. in this is my profession, uh-huh. but like, and that, and that's part of even like the, let's say the hypothesis or mm-hmm. the thesis of this show mm-hmm. in general is going, man, like work is integrated into almost all that we do, right? You got to mm-hmm. work to have a healthy relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to work to learn a skill, work, mm-hmm. working at your hobbies or the things that mm-hmm. you love. And in some way, like it's a way to recognize that, that there's something like discipline and sacrifice in, in, yeah. in every endeavor, including maybe even, maybe even our rest. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes I, and not sometimes, I think everybody goes through those times that you hate that work, but that mm. teach you that, oh, I don't like that work. That's important information, by the way, no? <laughs> it because is. That, you know, I, I once um, went to school and because I, I really wanted to know how to teach kids, you know, like four years old, I can teach like all the advanced piano repertoire, Chopin, Beethoven, but how can I not teach four years old, you know, just simple CD, CD, CDE, you know, <laughs> and I went back to school and tried to learn. And there was a program 
that the certificate of you become a certified to teach group of four years old. So that I went through this program and I, without knowing, because I didn't know how it's gonna, you know, but I just was genuinely curious. So I put myself there and this was like you know, a semester kind of training. And then I was put out into like a intern kind of things, went to the public school, the kindergartner for teach this, this music group, music classes for, 24 years old <laughs> and as you could imagine afterwards I knew that's not for me but I had to do yeah, that for 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 three years I had to do that because mm -hmm. I was committed to that work and I I in my mind I have to really verify is this <laughs> this is not for me this is for me or not you know but in those three years every that. time I came out of that class my my energy was drained in that that nothing is coming back to me but mm. more out so then i realized okay this is not for me i i can wait i can wait to get out of this work particular work so that what is better suited to me but i'm glad i went through this it's not like i did one weekend quit i didn't i stayed through it for two years yeah. in some ways at that time people were telling me that you know, at the, if that time asked me, like, do you love your job? And I would not, I'm not sure, like, that's, that's actually pretty difficult, but I'm learning something. I would think that I'm an apprentice, they're yeah. learning something, learning the most about myself. Yeah. But I stick with it for two years. And I'm not saying that whatever you do, and a lot of times people just complain about your work without thinking we, we're thinking that you cannot do anything about it yeah because yeah. you have to make money you just need to make a baseline you know financial thing whatever the excuses are i believe that yes there's a times that you may have to i call just you know those, those jobs that you yeah, may hate right. that's fine that's a learning experience in your life but I think it's important for you to think beyond that work. Okay, because this doesn't suit me and I'm not happy with this work, I'm gonna do my best and learn as much as possible through this experience. But soon I wanna venture it out and do something else that better suited for me. And that, that can be, you know, after work that you venture out what could be possibility. You know, like you can keep trying to find a better suited rather than complain like, oh, I hate that. I hate this job. I hate this job, but I have to make money. That's, I, I feel like, I'm not sure, honestly, did you really ask yourself, is this really nothing else you could do? But can you really try to do anything, anything, even That's though right. it doesn't bring a money, but if that is really what you like to do, it's better suited to your personality and your, your strength. If you don't have a strength, maybe going back somewhere to learn something, some skills might be another step, you know? Yep. There's a, as soon as you feel like you're, you don't have a control, that's depressing. That's right. But as soon as you feel like I'm gonna make my life into the direction that I would be happy, then you're in, more in control in your life. I mean, by the way, if you're listening to this, because I know so many people that are in that headspace. And I mean, I just like what, what June just said is so, so, so important because it's, it's absolutely right. Like the uh, people talk like they're trapped and it's a way of not recognizing your own power. 
And, and what you're saying is like, even if you have to stay there for a time, but you have, you start to make a plan Mm -hmm. to go, I'm going to make a plan or like, I'm going to do this a little bit Mm -hmm. after work to like begin to build something or find something or look into something, or even like floating things out there, rather just creating some breathing space. Cause you're right. Like just acknowledging that you have self-determination in that thing. Um, is it complete? mind mind shit a shift of mind state that is so 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 important and i just like i was just music to my ears as you were saying that and i like i just want to i'm gonna probably clip that out and go around mm-hmm. to people all, all over the place and be like i need you to listen to this mm-hmm. listen to this like because it's such a and, and by the way you're way kinder than i am right so like <laughs> i because because i'm like stop complaining and do something what is wrong like i just i just I can't, don't talk to me about it. Then if you're not going to do something, don't talk to me about it. Like, I don't want to li- I can control. This is what I can control in this situation. I can't control you complaining. I can control me listening and I'm not going to listen to it anymore. But like, and I'm not the nicest about that because it, yeah. it, it, it's so crazy to me, but you're, right. but it's a gift to see that. Right. Because right. it is a real, real existentially difficult place for people to be and and just the way that you say that it's just like yes 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 and it Mm -hmm. is it's the first step for everybody is the hardest yeah in just about every endeavor yeah I think so I think another thing is that you're expecting someone else to recognize you you expect someone Mm. else will give you that job you expect that someone will give that position when you apply and the, the, the thing is that you know just to giving you example of this classical music you know how many uh pianist friends that i have or musician friends that all like felt like oh my gosh so and so it should be famous world famous now but what they're doing now i don't i don't know what they're doing now i mean where are they you know like there's like one of million that will persevere and go through because this field and you're waiting for agent to knock on your door and i will give you a concert to play in this concert the reality it's not nobody would knock on your door <laughs> and say Look, i will make you famous or oh my gosh you're so talented the thing is everyone is talented everyone is talented you know in my world everyone single like this this you know 20 years old prodigy should be famous if i'm t- only thinking the skill of what they're just playing that particular piece but that's it's not the world is not black and white like that though so you can't even define someone is talented or not talented just like that you know this is, life is so much more complicated than you define someone has it or you don't so I believe it has to come from the you have it already. Just let's assume that everybody has it. Everybody yeah. has your own talent. Everybody has a special thing that you have to find that niche, that particular place that you meant to do yes. in your life. And that they may be actually not existed yet. So that means you have to create on your on your own. You know, like at the end of it, that job is very generic, you know, not many people would fit in that job description, then, you know, it's, it's much happier, you create that particular job. But just believe me, every work has this dark side. It's not every work and no sweet work that you think, wow, how wonderful that would be. Oh my God, so-and-so makes this much money. Oh, so-and-so seems like traveling all over the world. Doesn't matter that what you see the other person has, 
but just know that they have also very much of a dark side of that what they, whatever they do maybe they don't have a have a have a time they maybe they really hate whatever they do doesn't matter just know understand every work has the pain aspect of it underneath if if you think that you know you see a my Carnegie Hall concert like oh my gosh I wish that I could be a pianist like her. You didn't see me emailing thousand presenters every single day, saying no, receiving no thousand times. And also, you know, practicing in lifelong hours of work. All of this, like, you know, discouraging words from others, myself, the critics, nobody can give you a, like, oh, wow, this that looks awfully shining and all, but you don't see the behind the scenes. So just understanding that every work, you have something you have to do about it. But there is work that I rather choose because I know that suits me and that's the happier place so that, so that you can create that work. And, you know, if I would just really think that professor work, that job description, that job description is actually kind of not bad. It might describe, describe who I am, but at the end of it, the ins and out of that work, it's really not me, but I understood that. And, you know, but then I could easily say that gives me a financial security, sure, <laughs> you know, sure, that yeah. comes with the benefit, comes with, the, you know, all the, like you become tenured, then you have a lifelong, you know, job. When I look at, unfortunately, some of the professors, they're depressed because they're, they don't have ambition anymore. They're just like mm-hmm. showing up, teach, and, uh, you know, they're just like, the life is a little bit like boring. Yeah. Yep. And, and is that a secure job? What is it defined? Define me what is security mm-hmm. is. If you are, you have some monthly ch- paycheck and you're depressed, is that secure? You know, so really have to think that what makes you alive and money again will come to you when you have that intensity I'm going to make this one happen. I guarantee there's no other person than you will deserve that paycheck. That paycheck name may not come from one company. That may be 10 different sources, you know? So you have to really like work at it. And and at the end of it, (laughs) you will be alive for your life. June, how much have you, I'm just really curious. How much have you like, have you, been to a lot of counselors, read a lot of psychologists or gone through 12 steps. Is there, what is your, like, how much of that Hmm. do you have in your background? Because as you talk, I'm like, it's, it's just like a bullets of these overlaps of all of these like Hmm. things that I've read and experienced and like, but like from others, right? Like teachers and things like that. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, I think, um, you know, being being a musician, maybe, you know, I'm dealing a lot about this solitary work. And I really have to find my way through this one to one me and music and me and music. And then I actually have to deal with the public. Yeah. And the work itself really makes me um, very conscious person to begin yeah. with I think yeah. and then being a teacher I it's it's like I call it as like a piano therapy yeah. because yeah. It, you you can't really play piano without talking about life mm-hmm. and then then I really we talk about life and I realized there I have a lot to offer and if I if I have 
any talent, I think that that's, that's be able to connect, be able to empathize or be able to kind of channel in that is me or either it's me or it's someone else. So that, or it's music, you know? So what is the composer is trying to, to tell me so that I, I'm kind of like more easily than not to, to maybe channel in, but from there, I, I seek the method. I seek for answers. And over the years that whenever I face issues or challenges, I went to someone who is at least 30 years older than me. I never ask advice to my friends and they, they <laughs> yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah. So you, you never really include uh, ours, me in your life. And like, no, I, no, I do. I just don't ask for advice because <laughs> you're the same 30s and same 40s. Yeah. You're in the yeah. same level of perspective. And so I, I, I need you, but I would not ask a particularly advice. But when I talk to someone who's 30 years older, 40 years older than me, yeah. whatever they saying, have a different perspective. And I really like, I really love that. And when I talk to the therapist, which I really recommend everybody, yeah. I had, yeah. I, I met the therapist maybe, you know, maybe two or, two or three years of my life. Then when I, and at the time I thought therapy is something that you have some problems, right. you know, yeah. but it's yeah. not really not. That's right. It, and it really helps you to again get to know yourself and your tendencies and your your yourself you know yeah. it's, it's it's becomes the tool that if you have some ways to get stronger why not right and when i talk to this therapist there's some things that i discover are like mind-blowing that oh wow but it's just it just suited to me it works for me and then everyone else has their own issues but what I wanted to get out of those therapy sessions is that I don't want to repeat the same life challenges. If I just learn and move forward, that particular life lesson or challenges will not haunt me all the time. That's right. And I don't want to talk about when I'm 80, how my parents treated me, you know, like I don't want to be king baby. You know what yeah, I mean? That's right. Let's, let's wake up and grow up. You know, there is, if you are, even if it's harder though, it's a harder work when you childhood is much more difficult. But I really do understand, empathize that. But there's a time that I think we all can make a decision. Past that's a past. Mm -hmm. and how can I shine through through the forward? You know, and I think that's therapy's job is that help you to see the world that you can move forward and gain that strength. And I didn't do of a lot of, of uh, like 12 steps that I don't know, but I, I'm actually had an experience in my life that um, the uh, uh, drug addicts and then, you know, the friends and family of drug, drug addicts. Yep. Yep. And through that, I, I learned there's a, some, some pain through it, you know, yeah. the severe pain. And there's, so I'm very aware of, again, some of the things they they talked about seems like everything that even if I don't have a drug you know issues that I'm still have to exercise anyway that's you know no, 100% everybody should be doing it it's just it's <laughs> like well I don't I don't have a drinking problem but there's a there's actually a there's actually a group and I was so glad to find this because I had a I love 12 steps but I felt a little weird <laughs> being like with you know but like it's alcoholics or narcotics or whatever it was because i'm like it feels like maybe this isn't like i'm i don't know it felt like 
it wasn't right, but it was like it was so right though mm-hmm. in the in the 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 thing because you're right. It, this just applies everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I actually found there's a group called it's it, they call it Coda. It's oh. Codependence Anonymous. Oh. And 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 basically, what I loved about it was literally it's like I desire healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. So relationship with self, relationship with others. Mm-hmm. So it's and it, but it's the exact same twelve steps. But I didn't have to have like a chemical addiction. It's not like. Mm-hmm. AA is going to check you at the door. It was like, everyone's mm-hmm. welcome for open mm-hmm. meetings, mm-hmm. but this one was so great. And it, and it, and for me, it was like, I went for years actually, because I was like, this is so, um, so healthy, such good medicine. And actually why I asked specifically about 12 steps was mm-hmm. when you're like, people expect this, expect that, expect someone to see them, expect this thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have a lot of mantras in 12 step meetings. There's things mm. they say a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, well, expectations are resentment under construction. Mm. Oh. Like, and I'm oh. like, oh, that's so good. And there's so <laughs> many of them, but it is like to come into something with expectation mm. um, is a way to go. It, it like, and then we, we, especially like not agreed upon, like I expected to see you here at four because we agreed on that. Right. So it's like, mm. okay, cool. I, I can expect that. Mm. It's a fair expectation. Versus some, I expect this person to love me or see me or do this for me or deliver this gift or whatever. And, and yet that I just, it just really stood out to me. And actually, as you talked about the therapist, what's interesting Uh is it, it maps to when I started surfing, I found a teacher. Mm -hmm. And when I was playing piano for like 20 plus years, I had a teacher and then, you know, but then I, you, and then you move to like the metacognition, whereas like, you're like, everybody should have a therapist. And Mm -hmm. at some level it is like the surfing, you mm-hmm. can't see your own body and right. you're new to surfing. And right. by having the, the, the other mm-hmm. present who is there to help you see yourself, it, they, mm-hmm. rep, they become a mirror held mm-hmm. back up to you that has some like training in that and sees hundreds of people. So they go, oh, there's like patterns in humans yeah. that we can learn these kind of lessons. And then, and then over time, right. you then now walk away with the tools that you can do it in the mirror. That you right. can kind of like, you become the teacher, just like right. you said within the piano place and things like that. And, right. but, but like the more you, I'm just like, there's the, your words are dripping with wisdom. Mm. Like it's just, they're just bathed in wisdom. And it's so crystal clear to me as you talk. And as I read through your book, which I encourage all of you to read, this is such good medicine. Um, and it just, it, I just, yeah, I was just so curious about that. Cause I'm like, man, mm. this is, you're so good at this. I, I think, you know, if, if you seek out some solution, there's always every, you know, you don't think about life as like, um, the, there's nothing impossible. There's always solution. You have to find that solution, the solution. But if you look out and look for it, there's all, you know, their book might be solution. There may be a one line in the book, like just yeah. like speak to you, just when the students is ready, mastery arrives that's kind it. of thing, you know? That's right. But when you just give up, like, oh, there's nothing I can do. That's a point that you close yourself. But when you're like seeking out therapist or talking to a mentor, someone who may have a different perspective, ask their help, ask for, you know, can we talk for a coffee? You know, I'm just like, you know, talk again. I'm recommend not to your friends, but actually someone who's much older or someone who has a different perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was one time that my mentor who was like 30 years older than me, and she, he said, do you just avoid negativity. 
just just walk away you know yeah. just just walk and when at that time like you know I, I i think i can fight for this you know i can do it like that's stupidity june like yeah, why yeah. would why would walk to you know try drugs that see if you are really can be addictive that's stupid <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know that's it so then if you have someone is toxic to your life remove that person Amen. don't talk to that person don't see that person just remove that even if it's a parent i don't talk to my father because i know that's toxic to me mm -hmm. i i choose chose to do that you know so then my life is it's a it's a more of a positive uh, environment you know so it's something like that i think that just avoiding negativity is not stupid but actually wise so that i think we can create our environment that is really the optimal you know without those toxic environment or person or whatever that negativity life is still hard why drag why drag down you know what i mean yeah it's so good and that, i mean honestly even the and it is like a statement of faith to say <laughs> there's always a possibility there's yes. always there it, it exists i just gotta find yes. it right yes as opposed yeah. to go there's no hope there's no it's like that is the move the closed yeah. and the open and yeah. and it, at some fundamental level it's like it's it's the transition of a state of being it's a decision right. that gets made right in it's in funny side. it's funny that one time like three years ago i got a letter from this irs and then Those and then like I, I got a like a letter i got a letter and like oh wow what is this letter and like they say they want to have an interview and i said oh they want to have an interview in my head like it the split second was thinking some positivity and then soon enough then oh no i'm audited i'm gonna be audited oh my gosh i'm gonna be audited in person you know <laughs> and i got a letter from irs and gonna be audited you know at that moment, this is a disaster, nightmare of all Americans that get audited in person by IRS. At that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Am I going to go into jail? Not that I want to have a hide anything, but it's, it really feels very fear, feel full with fear and unknown what's going to happen. You know, there, there might be something that I did stupid and, you know, whatever. So I bought five different books about IRS audit in amazon right away you know and then i read five books straight for that week every book started for a sentence was to do not worry you're not gonna go to jail <laughs> it starts with that starts with that okay oh, good, good. and then every book is starts somewhere along the way I mean, after reading that five books about irs audit i feel like oh okay now i actually know what to prepare and I actually like felt like, oh, I actually know what to do. And then I talked to, you know, my tax accountant and whatnot. And I went prepared and I, I came out just fine. But that lesson taught me also that unknown fear, unknown, that it's more dangerous. You know, that, so now I actually am so glad I audited once because now I get another letter from IRS interview, whatever audit, then I, I it's not going to come as a fear. Right. More like, I know what to expect. And it's not going to be over my head somewhere like, am I ever going to be audited or what happened if yeah. that's, that's gone. It's yeah. just liberating yeah. for me. And in my head, you know, when I talk, when I get that letter, there's 
there, there's one person that who's my friend is like 80, 84 years old. And I, I call him like, I got a IRS letter. What should I do? Oh my gosh, what should I do? And then he, everyone else was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. What's so sorry. All my friends were like, oh my, sorry. But he told me, every problem has seven different solutions yeah. you have to just find it and uh in that just hearing that just kind of calmed me down <laughs> and like oh yeah that's right it's figure outable we can figure we can figure it out <laughs> can you so i i, I want to kind of respect your time and i know we're kind of coming to where we agreed and i i thank you like <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for writing this. Thank you for sharing it with me. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to share your book with everybody. And I'm really grateful for you. Um, I would love to keep up with you and stay in touch. Um, but as we're closing here, uh, I, I just want to give you some space uh, for, for those listening, like places they can find you, asks you might want to make, encouragements, like whatever, like have your, just go for it, you know, to kind of yeah. like, I mean, obviously, obviously go get her book. You can find it basically anywhere books are sold, right? Uh, it's on Amazon. You read the audible. That was awesome <laughs> to see. I, I love, by the way, when authors read their own books, I always get irritated when it's not the author and it was, and your voice is so nice. So it's great. Um, but yeah, just, I want to give you some space to kind of like let people know where they can get in touch or anything you might want to ask mm -hmm. of those listening. Yeah, I read my book and that was also, I wanted to share the experience was very interesting because I don't know how many people would read your own book out loud. <laughs> when I started to read my own words out loud, it was really feeling like I'm meeting myself. And at the end of reading whole my book through the week, at the end of that, I had a sense of uh, loss or some sadness as if we, I went through this journey two years journey with a friend and saying goodbye I know that friend we had a precious experience together but it's a time to say goodbye and um it was more saying goodbye the 41 years of Jiyun and also the invisible reader that it's kind of going through the journey with this book together and you know it's just bittersweet kind of thing and it was really like uh, interesting experience for me and if you could read a book and listen that you might feel that I walk through this this book as if I'm, I'm your best friend and talking about tools like that might help you you know the title of the book is called whenever you're ready and that comes from when I wait for the queue to go out to stage. There's always stage manager holding that door to the mm. stage, ask me whenever you're ready. Mm. And at that moment, mm. everything I did daily day, my life, the tools that I collected and I gathered myself, create a courage within and make a decision to walk that first step. And I said to myself, you are ready. You're enough. You're going to have a great time. People are going to love it. You're going to just express this music as if this is your last concert and tell this guy and smiling, yes. And he opens that door and there's beautiful stage waiting for me. And I realize I'm not the one who has a stage. You have a stage called life.
And this book is not about being a concert pianist, but it's about life, yeah. about about fear, about the monster in your head, about you know, cr- create your your life, design, compose your life in the way that makes you happy, makes you more content, and makes you more alive. Because we have a limit, which is we're not gonna be here forever. Yep. And then in that beauty of limit, I think we can really do something about it. That is finding yourself, finding your own puzzle for this universe, why you exist here. And I, be, I believe that everybody has a reason to, to be here. Even for this small thing you did, holding that door for someone behind you mm. that made a, that, that person a better day, butterfly effect. If we do, everybody do little things like that. I think we contributing to the world. And if you always think that big picture, small picture, big picture is that you are contributing to this universe to be better. Small picture is that you want to be happy person, you know? And so the, through this written journey, I feel like I'm sharing my self, my soul, you inviting you to come to inside of me, inside my brain, inside my heart. So that you, when you are have to make that first step, you are more encouraged, more, more motivated. And there's like, I construct this book like a like written concert. There's a five movements. And in between five movements, there is intermission. That's where I talk about piece of music that is dear to my heart. And there's a QR code that directs you to go to uh, my podcast to listen to my own performance. And I believe that classical music is um, medicine and gift to the humanity. And among all the tools that I presented in the book, if you can pick up maybe some beauty, some tool through classical music, then that's my mission. That's my job done well too. So, um, you know, because you, once you read my book that you might feel like you get to know me better, that's always, the best way to experience a, a piece of music through your friend. If I'm your best friend and play a piece of music in my living room for you, I'm sure I'm guarantee that you're gonna get into that particular piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so just take up on that up on that opportunity that given to you. You may never had that chance to someone never nobody gave you the chance to listen to classical music, but I do that. You know, so that's my other side of me that I, I reach out to you through my podcast. Um, and if you sign up at my website, jiyunkim.com, they can sign up for my newsletter there where I write every other Friday that similar to my book, but continuing journey that, yeah. you know, so that I whatever reflection that I felt um, during those weeks and I share them. And maybe, maybe in that way that if I ended up in your city, that you come to my concerts, it's like a best friend and it's still gonna be exciting. You know, I think um, there's reason <laughs> there are people call me as a gateway drug to classical music and it's, there's no judgmental. You don't have to know about classical music, but just give yourself a chance to get to know. And I'm one of those people that it can be easily found on the internet, social media. Instagram, whatever the way I try to open that door channel. It doesn't mean I always like pop out my YouTube videos every week, kind of like that, but I do my best 
when when I keeping my work and rest balance, yep. keeping my mission, who I am, and I continuously try to open that window to you so you can come in and I can visit you. So those are available whichever way you choose. So then, you know, hopefully that, you know, for me, I never wrote anything to the authors that I admire. <laughs> I never did. I never do. People don't. So it's, it's quite a, after I wrote this book, I know that not every reader is going to write me back mm -hmm. and knowing, telling me how, how amazing this book is for them or whatever that they felt. They, they will not gonna necessarily write me, but uh, I hope that whatever that from that book you made you think again. And uh, if you came to my concert, maybe there's a minute or second that made you feel like your heart heart is ripple you know if that's a pond you know that's my goal and uh you don't have to necessarily reach out to me and wrote me back if you do I really really appreciate it but um just know that there's someone else out there figuring out life but still it's on to you do the work do whatever it needs to be done but there's the tools out there whenever you're ready I, I, I'm so grateful for you. Um, I, I want to, for those uh, listening, there's one other piece. She references some tools in the book and each kind of chapter has at the end of it, almost, mm -hmm. it almost has like a little baked in workbook. It gives like exercises to kind of apply the lessons as well. And I just want to echo that line. She just said, as she was closing that is do the work. Um, and, and, I, you know, just encourage all of you guys. And I actually would just encourage you to write her after listening to this, mm. uh, because I, 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 I think even this conversation itself, I can't wait to share it um, mm. because I know it'll have ripples. Mm. It'll mm. have ripples. And, and hopefully one of those ripples is some book sales. Um, <laughs> but hope, hopefully some of those ripples are also just um, that, that, that butterfly effect in people's mm. lives of just courage yeah. and creativity and fun and meaning. And, um, June, thank you so much for spending this time. I look forward to connecting thank again. Thank you so okay, much. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Hey, real quick before you go, I want to invite you to join the conversation. One of the first comments that was left on one of the first episodes was somebody saying that they wanted to join in the conversation the entire time. And I've heard that from a few of you, and I really want to invite you to do that. So if you go to workethicpodcast.com, there is a link to join the conversation where you can click that link and chime in, uh, maybe answer what success is to you, what's your earliest memory of work, your own experience of, of what triggers flow state or your own understanding of grit, but I want to invite you to join the conversation. I would also like to invite you to help grow this conversation and this podcast and show. So if you would, please share, please subscribe, please leave feedback on the show, uh, rate it, 
uh, comment on socials. And then if you would, please, please, please consider supporting uh, the cost, the expense that this show is becoming, and also uh, kind of my own work uh, with the podcast and with the well and well-built bikes. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash the work ethic, or there's also a link at workethicpodcast.com. Thank you so much for considering it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a part of this conversation and this project.